This week's episode is brought to you by Patchwork Seattle, our lovely little synth shop here in the Pacific Northwest. If you're looking for modular uh, or just regular synthesizer gear, head on over to patchwerks.com uh, and check out their online store. Uh, if you live in Seattle, go go into their showroom. I think uh, we are in a point of the pandemic where you can actually uh, do some hands-on experimentation with some gear. Once again, that's patchwerks.com. I'd also like to thank Needham Woodworks for their continued support of the show. They make the finest Eurorack cases in uh, the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. I love mine. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. I'm staring at it right now as I'm, I'm talking to you about it. Um, it. It doubles as a nice piece of furniture, and it's probably the nicest thing that I own. Please visit them at needhamwoodworks.com. So your album is trapped. Your mix is in pretty good shape, but you're getting to the point where you're just too close to it. You've heard it too many times. Every time you sit down for a mixing session, you're wondering, are you actually making it worse? Well, what you need is a set of objective ears to listen to it, take it in, and give you some useful feedback. And you know, sometimes we ask for that feedback from our friends, uh, some of our, our, our buddies that we make music with, and we send them our Dropbox links, but we never hear back. And you know, on the rare occasion we do, it's a, yeah, sounds great. That's not useful. That's not doing you any favors. So why don't you do yourself a favor and head over to obsidiansound.net and have Nathan Moody take a listen to your mix. I had Nathan check out my mixes for my most recent album on Flag Day Recordings called Music to Come Down To. And he gave me the best feedback and just really minor tweaks to get my mix in perfect shape for him to master. And once he mastered it, he brought it to life in a way that I just never could have done myself. He fully realized the the feel and the flow that I wanted out of my record. This track that you're listening to right now was mastered by Nathan Moody. And not only did my album sound great, but the next time I went into a recording session, I was able to bring with me some of those tips and tricks that Nathan shared with me while we were getting my mix in shape. So it's an all-around good service that will continue to serve you throughout your music-making career. Head over to obsidiansound.net and tell them that Padre the Modcast sent you for an extra 10% off. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held and I am very, very excited to have one of my biggest influences um, on the show today. Now, if you've been listening to the show for the last three years, you know how big of a fan of comedy I am and how much inspiration I draw from comedy. And uh, you know that as far as podcasts go, mostly what I listen to is comedy podcasts. Um, so today I am so, so happy to have uh, DJ Doug Pound a.k.a. Doug Loosenhop, on the show. Now, Doug has his own podcast called Poundcast. He does that with Brent Weinbach, and he is one-third of the holy trinity of the uh, Office Hours podcast, hosted by uh, Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric fame, and uh, Vic Berger is also part of that trinity. So I wanted to have Doug on uh, for a few reasons, because I'm a huge fan of his comedy, but also his music. In fact, this track that you hear swelling up under my voice right now is from his um, album called The Body Tight Workout, which we will talk about uh, quite a bit in this episode. So something you should know about uh, Doug before we get into this episode, in case you're not familiar, if you're not like a huge comedy head, uh, if you're a comedy fan, then you know who Doug is. Um, but it really can't be overstated how much of an influence Doug has had on modern comedy. And what's really unique about Doug is um, it's his editing style that he's most well known for. And I just really don't think editors are often uh, cited as being hugely influential on, on a, a genre at large, you know? But such is the case with Doug. Um, and like many writers write for actors or comedic performers, um, people write with his editing in mind. So that's I think that's just really unique. And we're going to talk about how he found his editing style, and it's going to double back to electronic music, which I think is really fascinating. Um, and another parallel that I drew a few years ago was... Um, I, you know, I was just such a huge fan of Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. And if you know that show, you know it's very strange and very jarring and noisy at times. Um, and I think 
it was that that kind of opened the door for me to get into more experimental music. I think that actually laid the groundwork and and I just I think that's really fascinating. So it's another reason I was really excited uh, to talk with Doug. Um, and I know, Doug, if you're listening to this intro, you hate people going on and on about you. But I just have to say one more thing. He is known for his editing style, but he's also like a wonderful writer. He's I think he's one of the quickest wits I've heard on podcasts. He's the pun master. Um, and his his show Pound House, which we're going to talk a little bit about um, on YouTube, is one of my favorite shows. Um, so yeah, just a very well-rounded creative artist who I think, um, if you haven't heard of him, I'm really excited to introduce you to him because in this world of crazy, weird electronic music, I feel like he really fits into it. Um, so I'm going to stop waxing and waning on, on how much of an influence Doug has had on me and the world. Um, and we're just going to chat with Doug. Sweet. All right, Doug, thank you so much for, uh, joining me here. I know it's kind of weird to have you on a, a, a modular synth podcast, but I try to get outside of the, the modular stuff. Um, and I saw recently Lisa Belladonna had come on Office Hours, which is a, a show you do, podcast you do. Um, and that was really crazy for me because she's, she's a friend of mine and been on this show. Um, so yeah, I got to talk to you guys in the after hours. That was pretty cool. Um, so that's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're here. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, um, well, I wanted to have you on a while ago to talk about body type. So I have some body type workout oh, questions cool. for you for okay. sure. Um, but yeah, you recently got into, uh, you recently went to Perfect Circuit and got into some hardware synth stuff. So I'm curious to see what the impetus for that was and everything. Sure, I can probably grab some stuff and just show you what I got. Uh, yeah, I'm curious what you I didn't get up. all of this at Perfect Circuit because... They are, they were like out. There's a. Oh really? I don't know if it was because of the pandemic or something. Maybe, maybe the sales are up and they were like out of stock on a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I definitely got. Um, I just got the pipe. This is my newest one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've been curious about that. What what the fuck is that? I could is I could probably play a little bit. I could play a little bit for you right now. I think yeah. It's, Let's see, let's go to the nuclear sign. Let's go to this one. Let's see what this one does. Weird. Was that like a mic or is that actually taking your breath? Is it like a vocoder or that is a contact mic. It comes with okay. three mics. Well it does it comes with one mic, but there's three mics that you can get with it. And there's like a drum, there's a few drum settings, so you can kind of like do beatboxing. Let's see with this one. <laughs> one more. Let's try this. <laughs> and is that, that's Soma Laboratories, right? Yeah, I got this because we're doing another drop concert. Uh-huh. And I wanted to take it to the next level with instead of just playing drops through the chaos the chaos pads i thought i could mm -hmm. add some sound this has i mean this has like crazy reverbs you just kind of like make a noise and it goes on you can make uh -huh. some like soundscapes with it so this thing's really cool i got the drum brute impact which i will okay. also these are all basically that one i got for the drop concert um and i got a erica baseline because i kind of want oh, nice. to just I want to make some basic, like, techno kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Just yeah, you got strip the down analog kind of. Uh, yeah. electro. I don't know. Just to get some. It's. I. I guess. Um, I'm kind of all over the place here, but. Um, oh, I got the the other thing I'm excited about is the blip blocks after dark. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's so funny that it's called After Dark. <laughs> I know because, like, on my podcast, we do a bonus episode called After uh -huh. Dark. So I had uh -huh. I actually bought the original Blip Blocks, the white one. Uh huh. And then I got home and I was looking it up, and it's like, oh, there's one called After Dark, that's like more advanced. It's like the newer model. I had I went right back to Perfect Circuit and got the. <laughs> I had to get the After Dark. You know. Is uh wait so what what's more advanced about it? 
Is it just like made for older kids? Um, I think it's just like a newer update on the. Okay. Maybe it's got more patterns and. Okay. Options available, I think. But that um, thing seems pretty robust for a quote-unquote to- uh, toy. It actually seems like it's like pretty fun to play with. It's really fun to play with. Um, yeah, it's like instant synthesis. Right. You turn it on and it just goes. There's no start or stop. It's just going. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, there it is. I do. I do. I. I guess what I was looking for when I was going to Perfect Circuit and buying stuff was things where I can twist knobs and not be uh-huh. menu diving because I did mm-hmm. buy. I got one synth there called the the Polyan Medusa. Oh yeah. And I guess Polyan's pretty awesome, but pretty d- divey. Right. They were cool about me returning it. I mean, I just played with it for like a week, and I was, I don't know. I guess I, I it wasn't for me. Um, yeah. But the people that like it swear by it. But yeah, I guess I wanted to. I just like things where everything is just kind of there. Maybe a few menu shift things, but mm-hmm. whatever. Like. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't I don't do well with screens and like memorization of like different button like function plus shift and and that kind of stuff. Like I like I think that's why I like the modular thing is just like I like that instant like tangible actual touching the thing and you know. Um, yeah, I think I was getting burned out making stuff in Ableton. Mm-hmm. Um because I didn't feel like it's I do like, I like the fact that you can edit it. I, you know, I come from an editing background. I like being able to like tweak and perfect things by just clicking on it and moving it around. But there's something about just jamming, you know, mm-hmm. by turning yeah. knobs and pressing buttons that yeah, I was missing, that I was craving. Mm-hmm. Right. I was, I was wondering that when I saw that you were getting into hardware, because a lot of people who, you know, they start with, you know, with Ableton or whatever, they work at a computer like yourself, you know, with editing and stuff. A lot of people want to go to hardware just so they're away from what they associate with work. And I was wondering how much of that was kind of like your drive to want to like just get away from a computer. Yeah, for sure. I guess I do. I kind of get sick of staring at a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was listening to this podcast called the Rack on Tours, I think, and they interview mm-hmm. like rock and roll guys and Johnny Marr was on there. And he made an interesting point that I think is rings true with um synth people is like he said he, when he buys a new guitar, he doesn't need a new guitar, but when he buys one, he's going to be kind of inspired to play it. And totally. he's going to, like, write a song right away with it. So mm-hmm. that was my thinking, like, if I get some new gear, I'm going to want to play with it, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to at least make something. You know, it's just sort of like a way to inspire myself was to get some, mix it up. and. Mm-hmm. I just bought um, a Fender Jazz Bass for that very reason, um, to play with my modular synth. So, like... And the, that exact thing happened. I've, I've written like two, two or three songs that I wouldn't have written because I had this new bass and I was like, I want to create something new with this beautiful thing that I just got. Absolutely. You got to mix it up. I mean, yeah, I, totally. I wish I was one of those people that could just be like psyched on plugins and diving deep into the Ableton um, world, but... You know, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to mix it up. Yeah. I can get excited about that side once I've kind of tracked something in from the external world that, I, that I'm really excited about and that kind of that initial, like, um, birth of an idea. Now that I've, like, birthed it into a DAW, then I can get excited about plugins and stuff because then I'm, like, kind of chasing after that finished product. But it's always got to start outside for, my, for me. Like, I've... I don't know what it is. I never, I've, I've, I've done Ableton, but I didn't really gel with it until I got like an APC 40, which is like the, that, that tangible interface between the two. Have you messed with that? No. What is that? Is it like the push? So the push is more like a MIDI, like weird instrument. This is actually just like, it's a controller that is set up 
the buttons and like columns and rows and everything are set up just like the uh, the the layout, the user interface in Ableton. So like the rows and buttons, the columns with the rows like correspond to the rows and columns in um, Ableton. They all have faders. There's a cross fader. You can um, you know you can uh, start and stop tracks. In fact, I thought that was how you were doing a lot of drops when I started listening to your podcasts. If, like you know years ago. I was wondering if you were just using Ableton and, and like with like an APC, but you should if you if you like Ableton, you should look into like the APC forty. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, when I first started doing drops with the Champs like ten years ago or something, I was using my. Uh, uh, well, let's see here. The SP. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Not this one. Actually, this is the SP four hundred four. But uh -huh. I had the SP five five five. I think the one with the mm -hmm. flash drive. Was it like before five, that? I, before that, or something? I, before that, I was using the one with the with the. What's it called? Not the jazz drive, but the, the big wide disc. Oh yeah, I remember what those. What are those called? And, um, I don't remember. I had a, like a Fostex, like one of the early, just post four track recorders, that had one of those, and you could do like one song with right, four tracks. Right. On it, it had something. like a hundred megs. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I was doing that when you can fit sixteen drops per bank, and there's like mm -hmm. eight or sixteen banks. Okay, and that ran out quickly because now I have three thousand drops. <laughs> yeah. So after that, <laughs> I just started using the Finder, where I would just like because uh -huh. I want to pull up a, a a drop, so I would type in, say, if someone says. Whatever, whatever word I'm looking for, like shit. Tom Petty. Somebody says, oh shit. Yeah. And I want to like uh -huh. just have a sample of someone saying, oh shit. I would type that in. It would pop right away. And I was just hit the space bar. Oh, okay. So that was like okay. my, my, I still do it that way on office hours if I'm looking for something very specific. But now we have like, me and Vic use like um, Farago. It's like, okay. A, I've never it's like a that. soundboard you can build. It's just, okay. It's just, uh, yeah, you just kind of click on it plays them you okay can, you can set it to tr like loop or one shot or kind of like a sampler okay you know yeah i was curious about that how you and vic work together on or how much like over uh crossover and gear that you guys have or have you like worked together to kind of streamline your systems to be similar since you're working together and especially for like the drop concert stuff um yeah at first uh I was just using uh, the Finder, and then Vic had the Farago, so he he was he told me he showed me that, so I got that, and then I I was using my Chaos Pad, the KP3, and I had I think it's right here. <laughs> I had the Chaos Pad Mini, so I let him borrow oh, yeah. that. So then now we're doing drops through Effects, and then he ended up buying like a. Because these things are kind of annoying with the little, with the, you know, they're so small. He, he bought like, um, mm -hmm. it's funny, I have so many chaos pads. I have three. <laughs> and then he bought the quad. Yeah. And I got the, yeah. and then I got the, I had the, the KP3, the Pro, and I bought, I bought, the, I bought a quad too on eBay. Um, Is that what it has different now? sounds on it? That has like, you can do like record scratching with it. And oh, okay, okay. So then on the drop concert, we were just pretty much using drops and chaos pads. And then I had some like loops and kind of tracks and beats that I built that I had laying around from songs I was working on. And he had some, and I had, I was using drops from this guy, Chris Patras, I believe. Do you know he, mm -hmm. him? He does like tape loops. No. And okay. um, I bought I bought his loops on Bandcamp and... They were like, he said, um, these are free, royalty-free, use them for whatever you want, mm -hmm. which I thought okay. was... And then he heard that, he was a fan, he heard the drop concert, and he was like, oh, I was psyched to hear my loops. I was like, what? How did oh, you... Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, when I heard, when you guys announced the drop concert, I was like, I, you know... Of course, there's a tongue-in-cheek aspect to it. So I thought it was just literally going to be you and Vic sitting there just like, you know, horses and doing all <laughs> your, your drops and shit. But then when I, like, watched it and listened to it, it actually, like, it sounded like a set that I would see at any one of the, 
you know, synth shows that I would attend here in Seattle. Like I was like, oh, this is a cool, like kind of experimental noise thing but that that had like the the inside jokes of your guys's drops in it so it was just like a cool you pulled it off yeah i mean i come from i'm from chicago originally and a lot of my friends were like noise musicians and i lived with noise guys and i would just i would they would like rope me into there and i would like do experimental shows and like but i was like i would always do it I always wanted it to be funny. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. take myself seriously doing that. So I remember I did one that was all just battery powered toys that made sounds. Uh-huh. And I did a show, me and my other friend Fred, we did a show. And it was like not amplified, so it was just like whatever you had to kind of it was like <laughs> in this tiny little basement, you know. Uh-huh. People would get sit there in this bookstore basement. But I don't know, my I'm going on a tangent. But like, yeah, so I always liked that kind of noise kind of stuff. I thought it was fascinating. It wasn't necessarily enjoyable. So I always thought, I don't know, everything I do, I kind of like, I just kind of make it funny for some reason. That's just what I do. So Uh I always thought it'd be cool to mix noise and, and like comedy, you know? So yeah, that's what we well, were, that's like your editing style. Like, that's yeah, that's what we were kind of going for. Yeah, that's so that's it's pretty funny that um, I, I feel like over the years of listening to like I you know I've heard you on Duncan's show and Johnny's show and then your own you know Poundcast and then Office Hours and everything and then watching Poundhouse and stuff. I slowly just over the years of watching and listening to your stuff, like started suspecting that you came from some sort of experimental or noise maybe not background like 100% but that you dabbled in it like i could i could see that influence and i even want to say that like the early like the awesome show stuff may have primed me for being able to get into stuff like noise because of the way it's edited and so jarring and stuff like i became accustomed to that and really gravitated to that in my 20s and i've i've i think i can credit some of that to how i ended up where I'm in like music taste wise, which I think is really kind of crazy to think about like this comedy show doing that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the comedy that I would do on that show was the audio part, you know, Mm -hmm. pitching voices down and just messing with the, the audio, like sound effects were a huge part of that, you know, the soundscape of that show, I think, mm-hmm. was made, what made me laugh, or what I, what I was trying to, where I was trying to get the laughs at, you know. Yeah, and like like the hard cut, like repeating, like a skipping CD, like uh, 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 like that kind <laughs> yeah, of shit for that sure. would just get faster and faster. Like, for sure, it's just like shit. this jarring thing that, like, for some reason, is funny or weird, or you know, it's like yeah, it's this combination of funny and weird. It's like uh, I don't know, I can't explain it, but. I just gravitated towards that. Yeah, totally. And I, that's, yeah, I feel like that, that really shaped my sense of humor as a, as a young adult. Um, and it's, I still like, I'm, I still quote shit like that, but, um, I'm curious, like, because of the suspicion I had with your, you know, interest in music and noise and experimental stuff, I'm, I'm curious about like, you know, you grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, right? Yeah. So like, what were... Were you into music or comedy first as like a like a kid? Like wh- what what was the thing that kind of made you want to pursue like an artistic journey at like professionally? I don't Well, okay. Good question. Um I think I was always into comedy. I liked, I used to watch Monty Python on PBS, like mm-hmm. Sunday nights, and I used to watch David Letterman, and um, that was like when I was a kid, kid, and then I got into like Mr. Show and mm-hmm. Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> was a huge influence, Ren and Stimpy, I mean, yeah, that just blew my mind when I saw it, when I saw that, and the sound, the sound design on that show is like what makes it that's like half of the humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I got into, in high school, I was into 
I, I got into skateboarding in like junior high and then they would play punk rock, which I never heard before until I went to this half pipe and these guys were playing dead Kennedys. And it was like, uh-huh. it was like a light bulb went off in my brain. Like, what is that? Like, mm-hmm. that is, that is what I like, you know, like it's, yeah, yeah. it's like a new thing. You've kind of like just, I was like, this is cool. And then, you know, from there I got into like, sonic youth and more noisy and then i was into the shoegaze uh scene i guess and then i tried to i kind of had a shoegaze band in college we weren't that good our songs would just be like two chords forever Uh but we had like a million effects we had a cool sound (laughs) Uh but we didn't really know (laughs) what we were doing Uh and we were so shy that our vocals were just inaudible (laughs) um which kind of fits right (laughs) yeah then and then i don't know i then at the same time i was making um a public access show in downers grove illinois Uh and i did four episodes of that and i would just put like music i liked over the whole thing it would i would put like flaming lips and my bloody valentine Mm -hmm. over just filming my friends doing weird stuff and then i think it just all was the just uh, together from the beginning, kind of. And then mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. And then, yeah, once I started playing around with my public access show, I realized I should just, uh, I love editing, you know? That was like my favorite thing to do because it was so, I don't know, immediately fun to just put sound effects on something and mm-hmm. it was just fun. So then I went to film school and... Was also in a band a little bit. Um, then in college, I started, I heard, I got into the Richard D. James album. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Aphex that, Twin yeah. Mm-hmm. and the drill and bass. I think that informs my editing a lot because that has a ton of super f- fast, like ratcheted mm-hmm. snares and cymbals. Like that's like, classical music with insect sounding drums all over it. Uh huh. So uh-huh. that was a huge influence. I mean, to this day, it's one of my favorite albums. Um, so yeah, so I was, tr- I, then I wanted to be like an electronic musician and I got the SP, I think it was the SP 808 with the, it's not a jazz drive. What is that drive called? I want to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then I wasn't really good at that. And then I was getting into, um, when I moved to LA, I got, I was working with Tim and Eric on Tom Goes to the Mayor. And I was curious about stand up because at that time there was this alternative comedy scene, which they called it back then. Now it's, mm-hmm. I don't really think they use that term anymore. Maybe they do. But it was just like people doing weird stuff at like a dive bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put the two together. I brought my sampler where the punchlines would be a sample and I would tell dumb jokes and then kind of remix the jokes. And that all, it all just kind of eventually came together into one act, I guess. Okay. If that make that, did I answer your yeah. question? I'm just, yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I was, cu- I was curious about kind of the progression and like when the stand up thing, like when the DJ Doug pound st- like stand up electronic musician thing. And, you know, you said earlier that you liked it to be funny, even when you're doing noise stuff. So that makes sense. Like, well, I want to do electronic music, but if you felt like you weren't that great at it, but you wanted to also try stand up, it was pretty, and you're still like, I mean, obviously not with COVID, but like you're still, you're still doing that type of comedy. It's just kind of um, evolved over the years, right? Yeah. I think the first time I did it, I was opening for Tim and Eric. We did like a one-off show. And I kind of was like the opening act. And I had a few jokes. Uh, I had like, I was like running their sound effects, I think, on my sampler. And mm-hmm. I did a few jokes um, where the punchline would be like, who let the dogs out? It'd be like, I'm, I'm kind of telling a quiet joke. And then like the sampler you know, the, the beats and stuff. It was just, (laughs) I just wanted to make this big noisy thing, you know, Uh where uh (laughs) 
I don't want the awkward silence of telling a joke that doesn't land. If the joke doesn't mm-hmm. land, there's a beat or a uh, an applause or laugh track right after it. So I could ignore. I don't have to. I don't have to have that awkward silence of not connecting, not making the crowd laugh. Because then they would laugh right. at the sound. So I was like, yeah, because before that I was doing, I tried a few open mics where I was just doing an open mic, telling jokes. And I don't know, just I wanted to bring my own laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I kill every time, no matter what. Right, right. <laughs> that was the idea. <laughs> That's perfect. Um Oh, shit, that, that, I had a question and it's evading me. But um, uh, well, you were going to ask about body tight earlier, and I think I went off on a yeah. long, t- long tangent or something. Yeah, I wanted to build up to body tight oh, okay. for sure because um, that record is is a fucking awesome. Thanks, it's, man. Like I got it because you know I love cassette. I love cassette tapes. So when it came out, I was like, oh, there's a Doug Pound cassette. I'm going to totally get that. So like. I bought it without knowing really what it was. And then it showed up and I was listening to it and started realizing pretty quickly. I was like, oh, this is a workout. Oh, that's a funny gag. But then after listening a bit, I was like, oh, you could do this workout. And then further listening, I'm like, it's a joke workout slash really good album. That B-side is a solid fucking like ambient pop electro album. It's, it kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that uh, Tricks never has done after he did his like metal phase. Are you familiar with, with OPN? Yeah, but I'm not familiar with all his phases, I guess. Yeah, like the, the kind of later, more recent stuff is kind of like almost like new agey voices. So it sounds kind of like these 90s synths, like or like DX7 type sounds and stuff, but he puts like his own spin on it. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad that you said that because i i think the b-side is uh that's my favorite thing i've ever done the b-side of that it's awesome that yeah it's a great record that yeah. release um i was curious if sorry to interrupt i was curious if you made that just so you could release the b-side <laughs> like did you like did you like well there's got to be a joke to like fit a brand or something like did you have that b-side first or well what happened was that was part i was on uh, my podcast was on starburns audio and uh-huh. um they were doing this thing called like tape cassette of the month oh right so it was yeah. like a cassette of the month uh thing and they had like i think duncan Tr- they were all none of them were like normal cassettes they weren't just Johnny they all did had like a prank call yeah right? they all had some kind of um you know theme there was like one that it was like an improvised book on tape i think <laughs> yeah there was like I think Duncan did some kind of meditation tape. There was one uh, that was all field recordings. Christopher Flieger did. Okay. And uh, they were asking me if I wanted to do something. And I I thought, well, I want to do music. So I thought, a workout tape. But so, so what happened was I was actually doing the workouts to make sure that the songs were the right length and everything without mm-hmm. killing someone. Or going on too long or whatever. And I thought if it's a tape, maybe the first, maybe 20 minutes is a good length for a workout. Because it mm-hmm. was a pretty, after I did it, there was, you are kind of beat by the end of that fir- Dude, first the side burpee, A. burpee till you barf. Yeah, burpee, burpee <laughs> till you barf. Once you, once you get to the end of that track, uh-huh. you're like pretty wiped. So I thought it'd be cool to do like a chill, like a cool down. Because at, at at that time, I was doing yoga classes where at the end, you just lay down mm-hmm. and uh, chill for like five minutes. I thought it'd be cool to do like a 20-minute lay down and chill. <laughs> um, so th- I just wanted to, um, yeah, see if I could do like ambient B-side. Mm-hmm. But whenever I do ambient, it's still, it's still kind of like a pop. I still write little melodies in there, you know? Like yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's how that that came about. And then when I was started, when I was doing the B side, I was like, I like this way better than the A side. The A side is kind of corny. I'm talking over it. I'm like, okay, touch your knee. And the B side was like, I wanted that to go into this like peaceful, 
I wanted it to be really good, basically. So I tried my best. <laughs> okay. Well, it shows because like that, that's one of the things that like when I first got it and flipped it to the B side, you know, it was just like it was within the first track that I was like, oh, this is a legitimate like ambient album. And I thought that was just like really cool that, that I could tell that you put a lot of effort into it. And I was curious after that and then kind of seeing what you've done with Office Hours and the... Um, the drop concerts, you know, and I, I saw, you know, the chaos pad show up and, and you start getting a lot more experimental with, with the effects you're putting on the drops and stuff. And then you're getting these hardware synths. I was like, is Doug amping up to like make a go at like making electronic albums? I was like excited about that. Yeah. I mean, that's my real dream is to put out an album that, or like at least one song that DJs want to play or something, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> I just want to make like one banger or like one thing. Like I'm, a, I am proud of that B side on that one, but I do. Yeah. I just want to put out something that's like, I'm not saying I need, it needs to be a number one hit or something. I just, something that's like, okay, this is legit, you know? You're right. Yeah. Like, cause totally. before I got into comedy, I wanted to be Aphex twin, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is what I, you know, it's just like, Musicians want to be comedians and comedians want to be musicians. Like, totally. I, I fall into I'm, that same cliche, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm so the opposite side. It's just, I try to make funny videos and shit. <laughs> right. I'm it's in, it's know, just like, like, it's like, it's been my original. Before I got into comedy, I was in bands. Like, that's, that's what I wanted to do is music. But I just mm-hmm. never, I'm slowly figuring it out. I'm just taking a really long time. But I think accruing all this sort of experience and information and uh, learning tricks on Ableton and um, listening to things, it builds up slowly over time where I think I might be able to do something that at least I'm proud of, but I would like to do something resonates with people. I mean, you know, everyone wants to, wants their art to resonate with people and that's, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I, I think, well, it was one of the reasons that when I heard Body Tight, I wanted to have you on this because I, you know, I'm sure a lot of my audience knows, you know, Tim and Eric and Eric Andre and stuff, but like I wanted them to get to know you as a musician because I was like, you, you guys, there's some really cool stuff happening, you know, from this, this kind of unexpected area of entertainment. And like, um, yeah, just like the Pound House, this, like the, no- the, the music and, and sounds of Pound House are just so fuck like Poundhouse is so fucking genius, dude. I, I I wish that was like I wish you could get like all the funding you needed to keep doing that. If you'd even want to keep doing it. But um I do. Like is for the yeah, record it's that's my favorite <laughs> I mean as far as like the the comedy I've created, I think that's definitely the best thing I I've done. It's 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 so good. And I was wondering, do you do the score for that? Um, no. Like that really ominous shit when Brent this like when you know like all oh, those like drones becoming... and stuff. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I might have done some. It. I've definitely done music for it, but I think that a lot of those drones and stuff are just sort of like sound effect library. Oh, really? Drones that okay. I've used okay. for years on and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's they they're perfectly like fit that like. Like, I'm sure you get this a lot, and I'm, like, almost don't want to say it, but it's, like, it's so there, like, that Lynchian thing with Brent's kind of, like, surreal, like, presence, you know? Like, I I, want to ask you all these questions about it, but it's also, they'd also be, like, annoying questions. No, go ahead. ahead. I'm just, (laughs) I'm curious, like, is, is Brent real? Is he, like, in, or is he, like, I, I feel like when I'm watching Poundhouse, I'm, like, I've had nightmares where I feel, like... Those, like, everybody's fucking laughing at you. Like, you're the center of... You're, you're the only thing that's normal, but everything's against you. Like, that first episode in the, in the with the date in the ice cream shop, it's just like... <laughs> you're, like, the sweet, nice center of this universe of full of just hateful, judgmental people who are all aiming it at you, but it's somehow hilarious. But, yeah, I'm just curious. Is, is Brent some sort of, like, manifestation of, like, dug in Poundhouse's, like, depression or anxiety or something? Well, that's that's up for interpretation. Um, right. People have said that, and I don't think I I set out to 
be that um, that heady, I guess, about it. Uh-huh. But maybe it is a subconscious choice, you know, that we made. And it kind of, that does kind of make sense. Um, but yeah, that whole, the whole concept of like the way you described it is based on how I felt anxieties and ways that, you know, you know, things that I've felt in my own life and I don't know, might as well make fun of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, that's, that's like after watching, you know, I've seen it a few times over the years, um, and watched, you know, I watched it recently in prep for this. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no way that that couldn't be coming from react. Like that was the, that's what I kind of gathered is like, there's no way that that isn't like coming from reality in some way, because it's just, it's, I resonate with it. It's spot on, you know, it makes, it's like, oh, I know this. Of course it's this super exaggerated, surreal, funny version, but like, it's just like the, the, it's like a, what I look at it is like a pure heart trying to get ahead that just can't in a world where it, like it's of, in a world of impurity or something. Like that. Right. Don't you ever feel like everyone is just an idiot, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're surrounded by idiots. The whole world yeah. is like, I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> That's how I feel like all the time. Yeah. Just driving, yeah. just driving, like really? God. Yeah. Why is yeah. everyone the worst? I say this to my wife sometimes. I'm like, you know what the worst part about it is? It's like, I feel like I'm I'm smarter than a lot of the people I meet and they just do ridiculous things. And I know that I am like, I don't know, like I'm I'm just the middle. So over half of people are like dumber than me. And I don't want to be like, I just want everybody to be smarter than me. <laughs> right. You know, like even av- like as the average, <laughs> like why do I have to be the average? I want, like I want to be on the, 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 the dumber side of things, but... Um, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other tangent, but, uh, yeah, I just resonate a lot with that. And like the, uh, like I've, I've, I've taken a lot of, um, inspiration cause I'm kind of the same way. I don't like to be too earnest. I like to have like a, a tongue in cheek or kind of cracking a smile because like, especially in the world of like electronic and experimental and noise, it can get so like, I don't, I just never want to be perceived of having my head up my ass. You know, I don't ever want that like, oh Tim's trying to do this. Like, I don't want, I just, I don't like, I think my biggest fear, and I think this is like a lot of artists biggest fear is like being perceived as like disingenuous or something or or fake. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough because you, sometimes you feel like, I don't know, you kind of want to (laughs) feel like the pretentious vibe. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, totally. It's, it's like, it's hard to, you have to suppress that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? totally. Like I, I want people to listen to my album and say, Ooh, you know, and like, there's like, there is that fantasy of like people giving you high praise, you know, when you're not around, but that's a weird balance of becoming gross too. So you got to keep, and I think that's, that's where comedy, like this kind of self, de- I think that's why I, I gravitate towards like the self deprecating kind of surreal because it's really everything is absurd. I think about this all the time when I'm like, I just, I just mixed a new track and I'm driving down the road listening to it. And like, I have this thought pop in my head. I'm like, this is just sounds that I made. For what reason? Like, what service does this really have? Why did I spend so much time to twiddle knobs to make sounds? And why am I, because I, you know, I'm taking it like really seriously. Oh, I need to mix this or that. It's just, I don't know. Now I'm going on a tangent. Don't think like that because... It's, it's not pointless. It's like, it's meaningful. And it, it, even during the moment that you you're making it, if you're shutting out the rest of the world and kind of like time stops and you're not thinking about how stupid everything is, then that's why. Yeah. You know, even if no one listens to it mm -hmm. except you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's the Zen and, and the I have those same thoughts and I have to tell myself the same stuff. That's crazy. So even somebody who's, you know, like you, you've been doing, you know, your, your professional life has been one of like artistic creation for 15, 20 years. Right. Like to hear like you still go through that after like having a long successful career is, 
is like it's kind of inspiring actually <laughs> I, I know that sucks for you to still have those you know but like well i don't know does that make sense i guess i don't really i guess i don't have that exact thought a lot but i'm reading this book by jeff tweedy right now called how to write one song i saw that yesterday i almost got the audio book yeah and he kind of like i just read the part where he kind of addresses what you just said like you might be asking yourself why why am i doing this or what's the point or something but yeah his answer was like well if you could yeah if you can just get into this mode that'll enrich your life so you're just enriching your own life and perhaps others if other people like mm -hmm. it and inspiring other people and that's what it's all about. Totally. Maybe. Yeah. I think that work for the sake of work, um, maybe not work is the, not the right word, but like getting in that flow, in the zone. You, yeah. You know, like that, that creative zone, that's, that's like, that's the dragon that I'm constantly chasing. And something that I've kind of, I've had a, a, a gear shift in my, you know, late 30s. It's, it was always like produce stuff, put it out and just like praise, praise. And I wanted people to tell me that my shit was good. And now I just don't really release as much stuff. It's way more about the process of doing it. And um, yeah, and just kind of coming to that realization. I, when I have those thoughts, like why, why would I do this? I, I feel like you could kind of apply that question to anything. Aside from maintaining your temperature, staying hydrated and eating food. <laughs> like why do anything really, right. you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. You could go down that wormhole. Yeah. That's, and be like, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Well, the point is, if you, I don't know, I don't want to get dark here, but Brent made a good point <laughs> where it's like, if you disappeared, would other people be sad? Yes. Mm -hmm. So you're enriching other people's lives and I don't know, I'm getting way too, uh, wide with this uh, thought here, but no, I, I think this is why I like podcast and this is why I wanted to do a podcast and why I was drawn to the medium is because we start off talking about, you know, noise shows <laughs> and then we start when we end up in like these, these existential areas, which I think are, uh, I think it's fun to listen to other people talk about it. And it's one of my favorite things to, to talk with people about. And I, especially in the creative side, you know, it's like we all, if you're, if I'm talking to you on this show, it's because you and I share at least one common thing, um, in that, like most of our existence is devoted to like this, this creative aspect that we're, we're chasing, you know, it's, it's like, it, it, it defines us in a, in a huge way. Um, and it's fun to talk to other people who are like that. Cause not everybody's like that. And you don't want to be that person at the party, you know, talking about your mix, <laughs> absolutely but you understand you you it sounds like you also understand the torture that it could be when you're not when you wake up and you feel like or at the end of the day you feel like you didn't accomplish anything and you're like i really want to finish this song or mm -hmm. you know it's a struggle to to chase that dragon as you say or yeah, like that's why I got that Jeff Tweedy book because he's really good at focusing or just like setting up his life so he gets to that that flow, you know, getting into and I I listen to other podcasts that help me because there oh, there's all this gear sitting here and days go by where I don't touch it and I just oh, got totally. it, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then when I do when I do finally set it up and decide I'm going to plug everything in, I'm going to record, then, then, then I'm like, why don't I do this all the time? It's just like with, with anything. Yeah. Like when, whenever yeah. I exercise, I'm like, I feel great. Why don't, why don't, why did I sit around yesterday when I could have done this? Dude. So I was into, I got back into skating last year and then pandemic hit and I haven't since. And I'm just like, why did I stop doing that? Like, I'm, I, I really want to get back into skating, but like now that I'm like at my age, it's like, I can't just go straight back into it. I got to do yoga for a week before I <laughs> hop back on the board. <laughs> well, I've done more skating this year than I've done in decades. I was going to say, you on Instagram, it looks like you're getting really good. 
I'm actually you're doing, you're getting good. Awesome shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was my thing. I have like my buddy. Um, yeah, that's that was like our pandemic hobby. Uh-huh. We have a little parking lot DIY kind of zone near me that we um cycle it up at night. But yeah, oh, it was nice. kind of like the perfect uh quarantine activity. So now is yeah. the time to and get you have a quarter to I have a little ramp in my backyard, which yeah, I never touch either. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I stopped. I was because I'm I'm not like I can't I can't really do like I can't even do a shove it, but I can drop in on like an eight foot ramp. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I just I like carving bowls. And yeah. then you know with with school being out in the pandemic, I was just like I'm not about to go to a skate park because there's just going to be a million kids on razor scooters and I, you know. But it's I think now it's probably getting. Their kids are back in school and shit. So yeah, well, park. I I am the same way, and it's all about old guys like me go there at like eight nine in the morning. Uh-huh. That's yeah, when that's you go. What I was doing. Uh-huh. That's when you go, and there'll be like a couple you know other people be like empty. It was cool. Like when I was skating in my teens, I don't remember maybe because I wasn't there earlier, but I feel like we are of this kind of like age range. Um, where now when we go to the skate park at eight in the morning, there's, yeah, there's five other dudes between 35 and 45 there, like just ripping it up and like, ah, oh, I just got back into it. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's cool to see like when I, every time I go, yeah, a bunch of dudes my age or older, like some people really fucking like shredding too. Um, yeah. But I got all the pads. My wife was like, if you're going to get back into it, I, I look like the nerdiest nerd. I've dude, got pad up. No wrist. shame in that. You, Who cares? It hurt. Yeah, dude, concrete hurts too bad. I wear gloves 100% of the time, sometimes an elbow pad. But yeah, gloves are the thing because I street skate and it's like rough. So I just fall uh-huh. on my hands but with these gloves. Okay. It's like no Yeah, no that's problem. a good idea. Do you have a, like a cruiser or anything, like a longboard or a cruiser? It might be right here. Oh, nice. Oh, no, it's not. Um, that's funny because I just set I just set one up. It's not long. Oh, but nice. I put some big soft wheels on a old oh, nice. Santa yeah. Cruz deck. Okay, I've got like one of those Arbor. Um, it's got like the the flat tail and like the, it's not because I can't do long boards. They don't make sense to me. It's got to feel like a regular deck. Yeah. But yeah, I got those like big ass soft uh-huh. wheels, and it's so much fun just to like. That's how I got in, back into shape. To actually get on like the, the regular popsicle board and go in. But yeah, it'd been like fifteen years and I'm dropping into bowls and shit. Like nice. It was it was fun as hell. But then yeah, I tweaked my back and COVID happened. But um let's see, what are we at in time? I don't want to take up too much of your day. <laughs> um uh, we must have for, gone where, yeah, forty minutes or forty five minutes so far. Yeah, we're at about forty five. But oh um, here to take any more questions you have. <laughs> yeah, I would like to <laughs> um well, we kind of like have ripped through a lot of the stuff. Um, yeah, I, I was curious about just like the the new stuff and 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 you making the new album. So like, I I really hope that you you do that. And oh, one thing I wanted to say about that is there is like this whole huge community of you know synth. Like the synth community is is tight and really strong and very supportive and. Like I knew you like if you want if you want people to listen to your music and stuff like there is an audience for it and I think what you're making is really really cool and people will really dig it so where do I, I just want to is there like a, a Discord or a yeah you could get on my Discord um, I have a really active Discord um, and then Instagram honestly like following per, you know follow Perfect Circuit and you mm-hmm. know just different synthesis you like and stuff and you'll start seeing crossover and um, I'll send you a link with some suggestions of stuff to check out, but there are modular societies. Um, they've actually done a really cool thing through the pandemic because there's, there's always modular like shows in, in cities. Like New York has a really good scene. Uh, SoCal Synth Society is really, really tight knit. Um, in fact, the person who runs that works at Perfect Circuit. They do like the demo videos and stuff, uh, Travarsi. Um, and then Seattle has a really strong scene and Colorado. And over the pandemic, they all started doing these like Twitch live streams and getting people from all over the world to do these, these sets. And, you know, um, so it was like live music and you could join in on the chat. So any one of these, you could go and what I do is I do um, pre-recorded sets, excuse me, um, 
because I'm trying to get into like making like small f films and stuff. So I'll film stuff here in, in nature in Washington, go out in the woods, and then I'll take my battery powered synth out there and I'll submit that as like my set. So you could totally cut together your own 15 minute video of you playing anywhere and anything you wanted and just like ask to play any one of the, they do it every month, every one of these, these societies. And they'd be more than happy to have you. They're always looking for people. So if you get into that, you can start getting to know people in the chats and stuff. And I'll, of course, promote anything you want on the show. But I really think you're onto something musically that has an audience. Cool, man. Thank you. I would, yeah. That, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I would like to get to the point where I can just sort of like do a set with hardware, you know? Yeah. I'm still kind of. Have you looked at the Digitact stuff, like the Electron Digitact or Digitone? Uh, yeah, my friend has one. Um, I do. My friend also, a different friend just sent, sold me this, which is uh, the MC707 Groovebox. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, you could definitely do a show with that. But between, <laughs> like, sync that up with your drum brute. <laughs> I'm like, I hate menu diving. Let me get the most <laughs> diviest dive machine of all time. Yeah, I was like watching tutorials. It was like the MC707 tutorial, part one, uh, one of seven, and it's an hour long. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. Dude, what I've am got, I doing? <laughs> but I go to bed sequencer. and I watch the tutorials on my phone. <laughs> and it, it kind of slowly, like, I slowly figure it out. Wait, what's that thing? Yeah. This is, this is a sequencer that I have. Um, it's called the Metron. It's oh. just, it, all it does is do gate sequencers. But there are 10, I think, seven or 10 hour-long videos on how to use that. And I, <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've made it through one. But the cool thing is, is you make it through one of those videos, and it's like, oh, I'm doing everything that I want to know how to do. Like, right. I don't, half of those videos you don't need. Yeah, there's so much stuff that's, that's not necessary for what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I was going to say... I just we just released a, a new single this week. Oh, sweet! I didn't promote it on social media yet because there's a there's an amazing video that's going to be done at the end of the week. I wanted to like wait till the video was out, but it it is out now on Spotify for sure. Uh, this group I do called the Three Year Olds. Okay. I do it with this guy Sir Spence Spencer Goldman. Uh huh. And uh, we have a few releases, uh, but this new track we asked our friends to remix it. So it's, it's a single of one song and then like 13 remixes. So we have, Oh, nice. Um, people like machine drum and max tundra did a remix. Oh shit. And, uh, yeah, the remixes are amazing. So that's awesome. Check that out. It's called March of the ding dings. March of the ding dings. All right. I'll drop a link in the show yeah. description. Um, and I'm going to work on my, my, uh, pound, my pound house, uh, or pound cast, remix i gotta download the stems oh, but those have been I'm, I'm gonna all killer like yeah. the ones people send are like there's a lot of talented people out there <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty awesome all right doug i'm gonna yeah we'll wrap this up i'll let you have the rest of your day um before we go though did you did you read the part of the email where i mentioned the patch challenge oh i totally forgot about that what's up with that Okay, so what I'll do is I will generate random adjective and a random noun, and then this will happen after we're done talking. Okay. You just take, you just take like an afternoon to make a track that's like five minutes long, inspired by those adjectives, and then you can just record it and send it to me, and I'll drop it in. But you don't have to do that. That's just like an optional bonus thing at the end if you want to like make a piece of music based off of this prompt. I'm absolutely going to do that. So it's all right. Sweet. This see. The thing with making music and doing that tape is like when you have a deadline or somebody waiting on you, that's what I need. I need to hire yeah, someone totally. on Craigslist to be like, where's your ambient record <laughs> that you, you know, it's due. Like I need someone just, I need a deadline. A deadline you should find is a, very like a important little, yeah. in creating stuff. You should find a little, uh, a little, like a, a label or something to, to release something on cassette or vinyl and then have them... I, I'm I'm kind of in the middle of something like that, and I do yeah, have it, some it, labels that are that have put my stuff out. I could probably, you know, I could hit up the dude at Ninja Tune or oh shit, I'm that just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, really? <laughs> gotcha. No, but I do have um no, I do have some some labels, 
Yeah, I could see. I could. I could hit him up. Yeah, hit that dude up. Anyway. Oh, I had one more. Just like yes or no, if you, or as as much as you want to answer about it. But body tight. I was. Did you like? Did you mix mix that record? Yeah, I think so. And then somebody else mastered it. Okay, because the mix is awesome. Like it's yeah. It's, Thanks, it's dude. So That's well like the biggest compliment I've ever gotten because mixing is so hard. I don't know what I'm doing. It's really all. hard. I just like it's, sounds good to me, and then. That's how I do it. Like I, I learned what a compressor and what EQ is, and that's pretty much you know limiting. And I kind of just go from there and you know listen in the car and. Um, all right, so I got some moods. These are going to kind of determine the the random mer- uh, words that'll be uh, produced. So let me so ask we real do... quick. The okay. track when you say patch challenge, I thought it was going to be like we're we're doing some kind of patch. Right. Well, the, I, it's called the patch challenge, so people like like patch together their their modular synths with with patch cables. So the the original idea was, all right, I'll give you 15 minutes. You got to patch from scratch. But with people who don't have modular systems, um, I usually just say, make a piece of music that is cool. Okay, let's um, go. Ooh, this is cool. This is this is a good pairing. Symphonic twitching. Yes. That's pretty cool. I got to write that down. So yeah, you can just take Wait, some, I have to do symphonic you know, twitching as well? That's what, yeah. So you take those words now, and when we're done talking, like when we hang up and everything, you can just take time to make a track that's based off, of that, that's like inspired by the word symphonic twitching. Record a few minutes of it. Send it with your audio of, the, um, of your conversation, and then I'll, I'll patch that in at the end. I'll say, all right, here's Doug Lusenhop's symphonic twitching. Sick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, now I can't I really use it. On now the, the show, Erica but... baseline doesn't really make sense for symphonic twitching. But guess what? The Soma yeah. pipe is going to come into that. Hell yeah, dude! You should look at the other Soma stuff. It's weird as hell. Really cool stuff. But um, I'll be I'll be all right. I'll be draining my bank account. Yeah, right. For more gear. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry about me. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate this. Um, is there anything you'd like to? Tell people to check out before, before we sign off. Well, yeah, definitely March of the Ding Dings. And if you like music stuff, I guess just check out some stuff I put out on, just look, at me, look me up on Spotify. And don't just listen to the main, most listened to tracks. Go deep. That's where yeah. the good stuff is. That's where the honey <laughs> holes are. <laughs> All right, let's check out DJ Doug Pound's symphonic twitching.
All right, that's our show. Thank you so much, Doug, for coming on. That was a real treat for me. Um, and I'm sure everybody out there listening really enjoyed it as well. Don't forget to check out stuff on uh, Doug's stuff on Bandcamp and uh, Spotify. The Three-Year-Olds and the March of the Ding Dings is a really great song. Um, he's got two awesome podcasts, the uh, the Poundcast that he does with Brent Weinbach, and then he's part of uh, Office Hours with Tim Heidecker and Vic Berger. Um, and check out Pound House on YouTube if you like uh, good, weird, surreal comedy. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, if you got if you got some stuff to get mastered, check out ObsidianSound.net and tell them Podular Modcast sent you. I feel like I said Podular weird, but it's it's late on Sunday night, and I don't want to re-record this uh, this outro a million times. Uh, thanks to After Later Audio, Patchwork Seattle, Needham Woodworks. And uh, I'm going to be back next week with some more demos of the Parallax Filter from Warn Electronics. Until next week. <laughs>